Welcome to How to Succeed in Your First Year Pit. My name is Hissa, and I'm serving as an FYM with the Office of New Student Programs here at the University of Pittsburgh to help new Panthers adjust to the transition into college. Today, I'm accompanied by a fellow FYM, and I'm just going to have her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Shimi Orcadia. I'm a senior studying information science and computer science, and I serve as, also as an FYM for this year's team. Thank you to everyone that really listened to the first podcast in our series. We really hope that you were able to gain insight into the new world. I know we all did whenever we were recording the podcast and also now. With that being said, the next episode of this podcast, we're planning on going over concerns and ideas that we think are key to having, having an even better understanding of the topics that we discussed last time. So now, Pisa, take it away. So to get started, we wanted to give some definition of the topic we're going, some definition of words on the topic we're going to discuss today. So the topic of today is microaggression and what they are and how we can recognize those microaggression and why these microaggression are damaging. So the definition uh, of microaggressions are verbally or non-verbally expressed often directly or indirectly, subtle or unintentional discrimination against members of marginalized racial or ethnic group. And prejudice are preconceived opinion or feeling, often negative or hostile towards a particular group or class of people. So Shumi, what is a microaggression you have heard in your day-to-day life? So microaggression that I've heard, not personally because I'm not black, but I have heard around my friends who are black, is that you don't sound black or you're so articulate. And I feel like this is something that isn't very racially sensitive simply because you're kind of... um, making it seem like a certain race has to act or speak a certain way. And I just kind of went along with the idea of that a certain race, if they are, if they speak a certain way, that means that they're kind of more fitting into that racial group. And I feel like that's very um, culturally insensitive. Also, um, I heard this quote not too long ago that says, just because you have an accent does not mean you're uneducated. I think that this also relates to that because a lot of times people think that regardless of where you're from, if you have an accent or if you have some sort of um, different way of speaking or a different way of pronunciation for certain words, that you are not as educated as the place that you're in. If the place that you're in is speaking, native people speak it a little differently. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I feel like the remark oftentimes is suggests that the speaker is assuming that this particular person um, would be less articulate because of their race or ethnicity. And so we would suggest that instead of commenting on someone's articulation, uh, you just commend them for their specific ideas or insights instead of because we believe that com- commenting on how they speak is extremely unnecessary. So who's next? Um, what racial... Microaggressions have you personally faced or have like dealt with in your lifetime? For me, in my experience, I've had the phrase, when I look at you, I don't see color, said to me so many times, I can't even keep count. And I know that the person, the people that have said this to me probably meant well. But for me, how I interpreted it was that, that the statement indicated that a white person did not want to acknowledge race and the implications that come with being black or a person of color in the United States. So um, 
whether un- whether intentionally or unintentionally, if you say this to a person of color or a black person, you are denying a black person or a person of color's racial experiences. And it could also imply that uh, you are choosing to ignore race as a factor because it either makes you more comfortable to do so. So I honestly believe that it's counterproductive, um, especially when we're trying to advance towards a more racially uh, equal society. Yeah, no, and I completely agree with that. I feel like a lot of times really anything that people are trying to relate to another person, they might say something that where they intend it to have a better, they might have a different intention that of what comes across. I completely agree with that. And also, I would like to add, I think in general, it's just important to always acknowledge the person that you're talking to and their background, whether it's about race or it's about any sort of other um, things that that person has gone through, because I feel like that is really what, um, helps people relate to one another so I know that sometimes whenever people say oh well it doesn't matter what like religion or what race you are yeah well it shouldn't matter in some in like the case in like when it comes to being like being discriminatory however I do think it's so important to acknowledge like oh well the person I'm working with is of this descent or is of this race or of this religion and so on and so forth I agree I also think that when it comes to specifically that's that's part of who that person is and so choosing to deny and choosing to not see either their race or religion or uh, acknowledge the fact that they exist within that person is also another way of just not acknowledging or acknowledging their existence and it can come off as incredibly um, it can come off as incredibly uh, dismissing of the person as a whole I agree with you 100%. Ashumi, what are some other microaggressions you've heard that people might not be aware that they're microaggressions? So one microaggression that I feel like um, people tend to say a lot to different types of people is um, where are you from, especially whenever someone isn't um, culturally what people would consider native to the United States. And so um, whenever I remember someone asked me once, hey, where are you from? And I said, oh, well, I was, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. And they said, well, no, like, where are you actually from? And for me, I was born in India. So it was a little bit of a different situation where I could say that, yeah, I am from India, like originally. However, I know um, one of my best friends, she isn't, she was not born in India. She's born in the United States. And if she got a question like that, I feel like it would be very kind of dismissing to her and kind of like, hey, well, what do you mean? Where am I from? Like, I was born here. I was raised here. And so I feel if um, someone wants to know, like, where your heritage is or, like, where you're from, I think it's a lot better to kind of ask, okay, like, cool, like, you're born in Pittsburgh. Where, um, like, what, like, nationality are you? Or what's your heritage? Or, you know, so on and so forth. I think there's different ways to ask rather than saying, oh, well, where are you really from? Because that really can kind of... Um, make someone feel like they don't belong where they're actually from. Um, I know for someone like me, it wasn't that big of a deal at first, but then kind of like hearing it from another friend's, like another friend's point of view, I kind of understood where it can be a little bit dismissive. I agree. I also think that in a lot of ways, the question can imply that there's like a singular way to be or to look American. And 
like you were saying, it insinuates that this person doesn't belong in America either because of how they look or how they present themselves or how they speak. And again, it just conveys the it just conveys the message that this person is a perpetual foreigner in their own land. And I know you spoke about being born in India, but I think that for some people, you mentioned that you were born in India, but I know for some people, they were born in a foreign country, but they immigrated to the United States very young and being home with their parents or their family members, they naturally adopted that accent or that way of speaking differently. And so they might not necessarily associate themselves with the country that they were born in just because it's not their, they don't see it as their homeland because they came here when they were six months old, a year old. So I think it's incredibly out of, it's incredibly disrespectful and you, a person shouldn't ask another person where they're from. I think actually that if the person in question wants to discuss someone else's identity and like where they're from specifically, you just let that person bring it up to their own, bring it up at their own discretion, just because I still think it's not your place to assume because it can get very uncomfortable for the person that you, you're asking where they're from. And just, and I also think that it happens to a lot of people that are, to a lot of black people or person of color, they get, a, they get this question a lot more than a white person would, even though there are chances that, even though there are a lot of immigrants that come from European countries or they come from other countries that have white people, but oftentimes it's a question that's specifically asked for towards black people or people of color. So I do think there's that factor of like singling out a specific race or a specific ethnicity and kind of like having that othered mentality and so yeah I, I completely agree with you so just so it's a microaggression that a lot of black people and people of color have experienced and I think in addition to that just leaving a lot of questions when it comes to um like just getting to know somebody I think just leaving questions open to interpretation is really important whenever you're getting to know somebody because if you ask them a question, whether it's about race or religion, just like really anything in general, just kind of letting that person answer it the way that they feel um, they can, like the best way. And then if that's not the answer that maybe like you were looking for, if you're looking for like where their heritage is from or so on and so forth, then asking a specific question that way. But I feel like if it is a more of a vague question, then um, it'll be easier to kind of like keep it up to interpretation for the person also answering it. I also think that with what you were just mentioning, what to what you were just talking about, it, when you get to know a person organically, eventually they're meant to, they're going to say some things that somehow relate to specific uh, part of the world, a specific cultural. And so if you are curious, just get to know a person with the intention of getting to know them. And if that person feels comfortable around you, they're probably gonna reference things from their culture and then you might have a sense of where they're from. But again, don't ask people questions for the sake of wanting to know where they're from originally, but organic conversation will lead to, will lead to answers that you might be curious about. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that, Husna. Okay, so Husna, I feel like we've talked a lot about 
what it means to stray from microaggressions and kind of like tips and tricks that we have for our first year students and for any student listening to this. But I guess apart from just getting to know somebody and dealing with microaggressions that way, have you ever dealt with anything or witnessed some sort of microaggression um, in person whenever you're just out and about doing something when, when you're not actually speaking to somebody, but you kind of just feel like what um, an action that someone else is doing towards you is a microaggression? I don't know if that question made sense, but... Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like so far we've covered verbal microaggression, where one thing is, is being said to you towards a black person or a person of color, but there are other microaggressions that are non-verbal. So the one that's common and has happened to me just a couple of times is having a store owner of a particular grocery store, for example, follow me around as soon as I walk into the into uh, their store. And he had, at first I was not aware of why this person was following me around. And then after speaking to my friends and speaking to other people that have experienced the same thing, I realized it's a trend predominantly in the black community as well, as well as other communities with people of color. And I, I think he sends the message that it perpetuates the message, the false message and the false narrative that black people and people of color are prone to crime and they're always up to no good as soon as they walk in in a room or a store and it creates this narrative or it perpetuates this narrative of associating black people and people of color with crime and assuming that this person is going to steal or, if, or that they're poor or that they're dangerous. Obviously this is largely and obviously, I think this is largely due to the way that black people and people of color are portrayed in the media and the movies and the TV shows and all over everything that we consume. Because when you watch television, it's oftentimes black people, people of color that are committing petty crime or serious crime. And so that image is affecting you and it gets into your subconscious mind and you end up acting subconsciously you end up you end up associating certain crimes and certain races because that's how it's always been that's how you you have always viewed it when you consume media and I would like to add that personally as a black person I am not in any way immune to what what I consume in the media I've also found myself in situations where I fear for my safety or I think that I'm in danger just because a black man walked in or just because a certain ethnicity walked in. And so I fear that they're going to do something dangerous to me, that they're going to harm me with, with, no, um, with no reason, with no specific reason, with any real reason that they have showed to do so. So I just think it's very interesting how the media can affect all of us. Have you, Shumi, have you... Have you ever seen that happening in your uh, life? Have you, I guess, acted in a way that you didn't think you would have? Yeah, I know, absolutely. I feel like, you know, regardless, regardless of... I'm going to restart this Mary Rose. No, I completely agree with you on that, Houston. I feel like um, I most definitely have 
acted towards different people, different, like, races, different cultures, whatever you want to call it, um, from what I feel like I've seen in movies and what I've seen in, like, pop culture and media today, simply not, again, not intentionally, but because that's just whether a certain race or a certain whoever type of people is portrayed. So I feel like a lot of people tend to react that way towards a specific group, but it's not intentional a lot of the time. Yeah, precisely. I agree. I I think these are all very, this is a nice introductory to what microaggressions are, and we weren't, we, we weren't able to discuss all types of microaggression, all types of phrases that are microaggressions, but um, we just wanted to give you like an introductory to the topic with, the, with these specific four uh, microaggressions because they're predominantly much more common. So with that said, we are concluding our episode. Um, so yeah, like Husna said, this is going to be the end of this podcast. Thank you all so much for taking your time and listening to our podcast. Before we are completely done, we want to remind folks, um, everyone who's eligible to vote um, on Pitt's campus and for those educating themselves about the election process, please consult the nonpartisan website pitvotes.turbovote.org. Um, I'll repeat it. It's pitvotes.turboorg.com. This, this site provides Pitt students and other members of the community. Mary Rose, I'm going to re-say all of that because I kind of messed up. So, like Husna said, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Before we end here, we want to take a minute to remind folks, all, all eligible student voters, thank you folks so much for listening to our podcast. Before we end here, we want to remind folks that eligible student voters and those educating themselves about the election process are encouraged to consult the nonpartisan website, pitvotes.turbovote.org. I'll repeat it for everyone in case you like writing it down. It's pitvotes, with an S, dot turbovote.org. And this site is basically just to provide Pitt students and other members of the community with information about when elections are going to happen and, inf- and all of the information that everyone will need to vote while they are at Pitt. Um, the site also provides election reminders, voter registration, and applications for absentee ballots and more. Um, we, the Office of New Student Programs is not saying who to vote for by any um, The Office of New Student Programs is not pledged to any candidate or anything like that, but we just want to remind all of our students to take some time and vote. And, yeah, so thank you so much for, again, listening to our podcast, and we hope you have an awesome day. Thank you.